Grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm your brother Israel Benjamin, and this is the second episode of Things Your Pastor Won't Tell You. Yes, Things Your Pastor Won't Tell You is a part of the Wildest Flock Network. We have shows like Stictority, Church in the Wild, uh, Page One Bible Study, and Married Couples Anonymous. You're currently tuned into Things Your Pastor Won't Tell You. Today's episode is all about the faith of the prophet Abraham. Yes, Abraham the prophet. Y'all might not know him as the prophet, right? Most people know of Abraham as the friend of God, Father Abraham, the father of many nations, and the father of our faith. As a matter of fact, he is claimed by three of the world's biggest religions, Judaism, Christianity, and Islam. I don't know about y'all, but personally, I've questioned Abraham's fatherhood of our faith. Father of our faith? Abraham? Like, I mean, seriously, the man that married his half-sister? The man that represented this wife of his as only his sister to two different kings, first Pharaoh and then Abimelech. I mean, like the Chaldean dude that also had his servant get one of his nieces for his son to marry. Like, I mean, technically he didn't personally go and get her. He sent his servant to anyhow. Have any of you ever looked at these facts and questioned why Abraham was known as the father of our faith? Are you questioning now? I have more reasons for you to question this. <laughs> Look, let's deal with some biblical history. Before Abraham expressed faith and before he was even around, there were three very significant figures. All three of these figures, all in Genesis, just like Abraham, had very significant and meaningful interactions with God. But Abraham, who came after them, was named the father of faith. So the first one is Adam. See, according to Luke 3.38, he was the son of God. Not, not, no, he wasn't Jesus, but that's literally what Luke 3.38 says, is that Adam, right, who had no human being before him was the son of God. See, Adam was formed in God's image and likeness. He was the first of his kind. He walked with God in the cool of the day. And the word that God spoke to Adam was passed down from generation to generation. Eventually, Moses wrote it down. I presume it was Adam who passed it down to his son. Passing God's word from God's mouth to someone else is the work of a prophet. Yes. If the presumption that Adam passed God's word down to his sons and daughters is true, that makes Adam very prophetic and the first of his kind. Like there was no other man before him and he had faith in God. Like, I mean, God was right there. And God made promises to him. God dealt with him directly. He had faith in God. He was the very first of his kind. 
See, we see all this, and Adam still was not known as the father of faith. He was the father of all humanity, but not the father of faith. Let's take a look at another person. A little more spiritual than Adam. Uh, Adam, we know of his mistake, you know, eating the fruit that he wasn't supposed to eat. The second person, Enoch. Now, he had six verses in Genesis. Genesis 5 to be exact. And he had the best possible conclusion a person can have after walking on this side of the universe. He was caught up to be with God. He, he didn't die. Enoch concluded this side of eternity without dying. Only one other man is recording as having done that in the scriptures. And neither Enoch or Elijah were known as the father of faith. Neither one of them. Okay, let's take a look at the third person. Okay, uh, in Genesis 6, Noah... He built a boat on land and told people it was going to rain. The boat was big enough for his family and every type of animal God sent his way because all the rest of mankind corrupted itself. Now, he built this boat for over 100 years. God literally restarted humanity because nobody listened. <laughs> Just Noah and his family, right? Noah, his wife. His three sons and his three sons also had wives. Okay, so God literally restarted humanity with Noah after the flood came down. Noah was literally the reboot. <laughs> like God restarted people with this guy. And he, you know, obviously had some kind of faith in God for him to, like rain wasn't even a thing then. And he heard that it was going to rain. He built this humongous boat. And there were like a ton of animals that were sent his way. Him, his family, and the animals. It took him over 100 years to build this boat, okay? Um, so all that. And this dude still wasn't the father of faith. Like, he wasn't. Noah wasn't. Adam wasn't. And then Enoch wasn't. Nor Elijah. Like... Okay, and Elijah and Enoch, Enoch, both, neither one of them, neither Enoch or Elijah ever died. Jesus even died, but neither Enoch nor Elijah died. Are, are you questioning yet? Why, why is this Abraham known as the father of faith? Well... <clears throat> Let's go ahead and take a look at Abraham. This is the portion where we do our paternity test. Okay, we have a special treat for you tonight. Mrs. Benjamin just stepped in the room. Hey. She's going to join the conversation. Uh, what do you think? Uh, have you ever questioned why Abraham is considered to be the father of the faith? Actually, I have. I've, you know, I've read the accounts of him in the Bible, and I've also read where I noticed that it seemed like he lacked some faith, in my opinion, in some areas. So I did question why was he considered the father of faith? Yeah, it's a trip. Like we just went over um, Adam, uh, Enoch, and Jonah—not Jonah, Noah. 
<laughs> just like Enoch, you know, Elijah, he was never taken, you know what I mean, or he never died. He was he was taken away by God. He was taken away by God mm-hmm. to be with God. Caught up, right? <laughs> yeah, he was caught up. Like, it's a trip. Um, that didn't happen to Abraham. Sure didn't. Um, and we even discussed like earlier that even Jesus died, like so. And these other two dudes didn't die. Uh, Enoch and Elijah didn't die, but neither one of them are known as the father of faith, right? Even though it said he walked with God and he loved his word, but they weren't the father of faith. It's a trip, it's a trip, like. Yeah, so um, let's uh, let's let's profile Abraham. Let's profile Abraham real quick. Let's right. we'll get a look at John chapter eight verses thirty nine and forty. Okay. See what Jesus said um about the paternity test. Right now, <laughs> we about to get into a paternity test. Right. Mm-hmm. And and figure this whole thing out. Like, why is this dude the father of the faith? And Jesus, he he makes a statement about uh some some men who were pressing him and uh some men who eventually threatened to kill him and perhaps even threatened to kill him before uh this this moment. But here it is, Jesus is like, you know, confronting them about um, the paternity of Abraham. He said, uh, if you were Abraham's children, you would do the works of Abraham. Mm -hmm. But now you seek to kill me, a man that has told you the truth, which I have heard from God. Abraham didn't do this. That's uh, John chapter 8. Verses 39 and 40. There's some more fresh stuff that's going to take place in John chapter 8 that um, we're going to discuss some other time. Um, Another reference to Abraham. I think that's going to be on the next podcast. But like now Jesus, he's even like talking about um, the fatherhood of Abraham from the perspective of like having faith. Mm hmm. He said, um, you seek to kill me, a man that told you the truth, which I heard from God and Abraham didn't do this. So Abraham heard, you know, the truth and he wasn't trying to kill um, somebody who's who's giving him the truth. That's right. Um, It's interesting. Because, like, where did it talk about anybody telling Abraham anything? anything i know there was different accounts in in the bible where abraham was given information from god like angels of god and um so he got it from the source yeah he took it as true so abraham got it from god he got it from the tap Mm -hmm. so maybe jesus no filter being you know god was revealing something uh here to these people but he said a man, he speaks, He Jesus referred to himself as a man 
that told them the truth. Mm -hmm. We know, according to John chapter 1 and various other sources of scripture, um, that, you know, the scripture definitely indicates that Jesus was more than a man. Mm -hmm. Um, And this is something, again, we're going to also talk about perhaps in our next podcast. Um, Yeah. Uh, Let's check out Abraham getting it from the tap. Let's let's check him out getting it from the source himself. All right. Mm -hmm. So we're going to get to uh, Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 7. Now the Lord has said to Abram, Get out of your country, from your family, and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you. And in in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram departed as the Lord had spoken to him, and Lot went with him. And Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. Then Abram took Sarai, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, and all their possessions that they had gathered, and the people whom they had acquired in Haran, and they, they departed to go to the land of Canaan. So they came to the land of Canaan. Abram passed through the land to the place, place of Shechem, as far as the terebinth tree of Moreh, and the Canaanites were there in the land. Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your descendants I will give this land. And there he built an altar to the Lord, who had appeared to him. Pretty dope, pretty dope. What's dope about it? I mean, y'all don't know what's dope about it, or do you? Like, why is that dope? Why is that cool, right? God told Abram to leave his father's house, to leave his relatives, leave his country, mm-hmm. and go to a land that God will show him. He didn't even know where he was going. Right. I don't even recall anywhere where it said to go south or north or east or west. Um, Abraham went abram at the time that was his name he went he got up and he left yeah right Mm -hmm. um that was the command for him to go and he followed through he did that now there was a promise yep there was a promise it said i will make you a great nation um he said i will make your name great he said you will be a blessing I will bless those who bless you. I will curse those who curse you. And you, all the families of the earth, will be blessed. God promised Abram that his descendants would receive the land of Canaan. That's a lot. That's a <laughs> lot of stuff. Um, again, you know, the significance. What was the significance of God telling Abram that he was going to have uh you know nations like nations would come from him god said i will make you a great nation abram mm-hmm. what's the significance of that what do you, what do you think about that but i think it's significant because at this time abram and sarai they didn't have any children so uh for him to be promised that you know he will be make you know have nations and they will be blessed it's interesting at the age of 75 for him to probably wonder or to question how i'm gonna kids but he it says that he picked up everything his nephew his belongings and he went that's a trip that's a trip like in genesis chapter 11 verse 30 it says that sarah was barren like Mm -hmm. she couldn't have any kids 
She couldn't have any kids, and because she couldn't have any kids, he's 75 with no kids. Um, she's 10 years younger than him. She's 65. Not this time. Mm-hmm. Um, Abram, it says, yeah, he was 75 years old when he left his father's country. Mm-hmm. So the whole time he had been there, he knew nothing else at 75. Now, I say 75 with the caveat, right? 75 is to 175, which is the age that Abram died. Uh mm-hmm. He died at the age of 175. And so 75 is to 175, um, presumably, right? What 36 is to 80. Uh, well, he was a wee little lad. <laughs> so he wasn't that old. I mean, he was he was old. He's pretty old, though. But he wasn't that old. I mean, at, at 36, having kids, that's, you know, that's not old. But, like, that's like, yo, you getting there, bro. <laughs> You might want to speed that up. Um, in context, right? Abram's dad, he had his last son. You know what age? Was it around 70? 70. You must have looked at my notes. She <laughs> cheated. She cheated. <laughs> hey, I'm reading. It's the Bible. <laughs> so his dad had his last son at the age of 70. Um, Abram's dad had three sons. And so Abram died at 175, but we're not at his death yet. We at his promise, him receiving the promise. He was 75 years old when he left. Mm-hmm. It says we don't know when he actually received the promise. His brother, he might have lingered a couple years. <laughs> hey, you never know. That's the story. We, we we don't know, but we know that he did get up and go. He got up and he left, and um, he was 75 when he left. Um, it's interesting because like him departing from his family, him departing from everything that he knew, his country, um, that could be considered a sacrifice getting away from everything and everyone that you know, especially if you have good family ties, mm-hmm. like, you know, nobody wants to be separated from people that they love and especially the ones that they love and get along with. <laughs> Right. Um, and so he got up and he left. Um, he took his wife and he took his nephew with him. Uh, that's that's a sacrifice in itself. And then when he got there, he built an altar to God. Now these are all evidences of somebody who has faith, somebody who believes. It said that God, you know, showed up and, and spoke to Abraham. God spoke to Abraham. In Genesis 12. Yep. Now, there's the promise reaffirmed at least two other times. It's reaffirmed in Genesis 15, 1 through 7. And then it's also reaffirmed in Genesis 17, 1 through 10. Now, there's a lot that happens in between these chapters, between chapters 12 and 17. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, there's a need for the reaffirmation, right? So, like, while he's there in the land of Canaan, in uh chapter 12 there is a famine and and during that time of famine um like there was no food there's nothing to eat he got up and he went to egypt mm-hmm. what happened when he went to egypt babe? he went to egypt and he lied <laughs> lied about his wife only being his sister 
it's a trip because like we have to put that caveat in there only being his sister because yeah, his, his wife was his sister like that's that's a trip yeah <laughs> Ugh. this is things your pastor won't tell you so we're gonna be straight up and honest with y'all that's pretty gross like i mean he married his sister yep sure did bro you married just like uh now God will bless those who bless Abraham and curse those who curse him. So I'm definitely I'm not going to curse Abraham. <laughs> we ain't got no time for no curses. Mm, I'm going to just mind my business over here. <laughs> that said, it is something that is not a societal norm today. Yes. Matter of fact, it wasn't a societal norm um, during the time that Moses was leading the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt. Mm-hmm. Okay, that that was not normal, and Moses even, you know, God God took Moses by the hand, and and he also gave Moses some authority, and 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 some rules were set in place, mm-hmm. and one of those rules was don't marry your sister. <laughs> he was through with that. <laughs> that that was not cool. That was not the thing to do, marrying your sister. But here he is with his half sister. Um, and you know, uh, they, they went to Canaan, um, and then they went to Egypt because there was a famine in Canaan. When they went to Egypt, um, he was like, yo, babe, sis, sister, babe, (laughs) boo thing. Whichever you want to go by right now. (laughs) You you bad. And I don't, I don't, I don't want to get killed on account of you. I think they go want you. When we get there, like, would you be okay with me saying that? Heck no. Uh, 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 no. Uh, what if we went to like a hood party and I was like, oh yeah, this is some girl that I met at church. Deny me in public. Like, I deny you in front of the Lord. <laughs> that's the way you're going to treat me, huh? <laughs> that's how you treat me. I'm, Abraham did it. You ain't Abraham. You are something else. <laughs> you see that, y'all? <laughs> Okay, so she went along with it. My wife wouldn't do it. Nah. Abram's wife, Sarai, she loved her husband and didn't want to see him killed. <laughs> what you trying to say? I don't know about mine. <laughs> she might just watch me die and be like, yeah, that was my man. <laughs> now who want to marry me? I don't know. <laughs> oh, what a brave soul he was. Yeah, she she wanted a thug. Like, I don't you, know. You Somebody ain't going to back down. Nah. Um, I'm afraid of you. Uh, see? <laughs> well, the Lord answered her prayer, so that might might work out. Hey. Um, I mean, she got me, though, didn't she? No, just oh, okay. <laughs> uh, anyhow, like I was saying, when they went down to Egypt, like they conspired together. He he told her to say this. And like Pharaoh was considering making her his wife. Like and and I don't know how much time elapsed while she was kicking it with Pharaoh. Right. But Abraham got rich. Abram like he got a lot of stuff mm-hmm. while she was kicking it with Pharaoh. He got all kind of riches and he even got servants. That's what it sounds like. I mean, that's... Uh, this is things your pastor won't tell you. Let me reiterate. Because your pastor might not say these things, but 
Um, I, I think mine would the the pastor of the wildest flock. Shout out to my boy Juan Eugene. Yeah, because he would say he would definitely say that. <laughs> um, matter of fact, he was probably the one that brought that to my attention <laughs> in that context. I mean, like it's it's obvious. It's in the scripture. It's right there. Uh, he offered her up to the Egyptians because he didn't want to get killed. Well, he was down there to get food, right? Mm -hmm. And he ended up getting filthy rich. Like, he got gold and silver and camels and, and donkeys, donkeys. And he ended up um, leaving with uh, a bunch of servants as well. Um, but the way he left was uh, Pharaoh, he eventually was plagued. Yep. And, and during the time that he was plagued... Um, you know, God somehow it doesn't say specifically how God revealed it to Pharaoh, but God revealed to Pharaoh that yo, this this is not the woman for you, bro. Let, let let she bad, but let her go. Let this let this Chaldean woman go, and um, somehow he found out that it was Abram's wife, and he returned her to Abram like, yo, man, you should have told me this was your woman. Um, I wouldn't have been trying to holler at her if, if I'd have known I suffered a lot of plagues because of you. Yeah, he wants to know, why did you tell me she was your sister? Now, that said, we don't know if Pharaoh would have killed uh, Abraham for her. Mm -hmm. We have found out in the scriptures that, you know, these kind of things do happen. <laughs> like, if she that bad, dudes end up dead. I mean, that, and that was a, another man of God that did that. Mm -hmm. Mind you, this is things your pastor won't tell you. Sure will. Right? David, David, um, your pastor will probably tell you this, though. David. Yeah. He set up Uriah. To be killed. To be killed. So he can get his wife. So he can get with Uriah's wife. And this is a, a man after God's own heart. Okay. Now, um, how? Why? Right? And this is what we're on right now. Abram did that. Abram received a promise from God. He acted on the promise of God. Yeah. He even built an altar. And then he he came to a place of doubt. Yeah. He doubted. He said, man, I don't understand why this is that um, I'm in a famine in this place where God said, hey, this is where you and your ancestors are going to inherit it. Mm -hmm. And now I got to go down to Egypt to get some food. And I mean, my wife is bad. My sister, wife, yeah, she kind of <laughs> both, um, one in the same. Uh, I mean, you know, he said, I ain't trying to get got. So you gonna he, need to say that you were my sister. And that's what it was. And I don't <laughs> think she wanted him to get killed either. So, you know, she contributed to the story as well. She, she played along with it. And mm -hmm. so, and that's what that was. He had doubt. He had fear, for sure. Now, did he doubt the promise of God? I, I, it doesn't say. It doesn't show me that he doubted the promise of God. But what we find out in Genesis chapter 15, right, um, uh, verse 1, God said this to Abram. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision, saying, Do not be afraid, Abram. I'm your shield. Your exceedingly great reward. Okay. So, now this was actually not right after that happened. Right. 
This is a few chapters later, right? But what did happen in chapter 14 was Abram had to get his nephew back from, you know, this this big war that was happening. Mm -hmm. And so he runs up with his servants that he got from Egypt, from mine. <laughs> he, he put them to use, like, yo, oh, get, get, get my nephew back. We going to get him. Abraham, he what? See, after... I mean, he was tough with his homeboys, you know. <laughs> he had three hundred dudes with him. Yeah, and and he was tough. He he ran up on some some armies of like kings. Yeah, five kings to be exact. Like, mm -hmm. I don't think he confronted them all head on. Perhaps he, you know, saw where his nephew was and and pulled them out of a flank, like a you know one of the sides, Strategy. and just yeah, just swooped on them and and, and got his nephew his nephew's possessions and his nephew's servants and all the rest of that, he got them back and, you know, he, he set them free. Mm -hmm. Um, and so he had to be comforted because like, yo, I just ran up on five Kings. That's a trip. And so mm -hmm. God said, I am your shield. He said, he said, what? I am your shield. You're exceedingly great reward. Okay. So, so, God said that I'm your shield and your reward. Mm -hmm. um, reward for what? <laughs> reward for what? For, for that obedience, right? Um, but Abram, he didn't just take it as just that. He didn't. He didn't stop there. He didn't say, oh, "Okay, God, you said that. That's cool. Thanks." Mm -hmm. Like he had a question. He mm -hmm. turned around and he questioned God. Yep. Why? Because. He was 75 when he got the promise of the son, and he still hadn't had a son yet. Yeah. He was 75 when he got his promise, not necessarily of a son, but that God will make him into a great nation, mm -hmm. right? And in verse 3, it says that you gave me no offspring. Yeah. God, you didn't give me any offspring. Um. God told Abram that one from his own body will be his heir. Yeah. Because Abram was like, man, I ain't trying to leave my treasure to like one of my servants, to one of my 300 men. He's like, Eliezer, that's that's my partner. But like, um, you told me I was going to be a great nation. Uh, what's up? And, and so God told Abram that if he can look up and count the stars in the sky, um, then, you know, that's 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 what his seed was gonna be like. It's innumerable. You you cannot can't count, count it. You can't well over here in LA where we live, you can you count can the count stars. <laughs> <laughs> so but, if God said that, you'd be like, okay, man, that's still, you know, it's like fifteen. Well, you know what not all we don't have all these street lights, then you can't count. <laughs> <laughs> Without all the light pollution, you might be able to see something. <laughs> Straight up. The the stars that Abram saw, um, they were innumerable. He couldn't count them. We saw so many stars like that on our way back from Arizona. I saw it as well, you know, when I was driving back from Texas. And there were so many, and we had never seen that before. And it was overwhelming. It was so overwhelming that we literally ducked. Yeah. Both my wife and myself, we had the same response. Chicken we, little. Yeah. <laughs> like, is the sky falling? Like, what is, what is really going on? <laughs> so it's that many descendants that Abram was going to have. Right, that was right. the promise. So he's reaffirming the first promise. It's just the same promise 
giving right back to him. But Abram, you know, he 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 questioned God. He said, uh, "What's up? Like, is this ever going to happen?" First, the first time God told him, He said, "I will make you a great nation." Mm-hmm. The second time, He said that you will have an heir from your own body. Okay, yep. and then Abram. It says that he believed in God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. righteousness. God said, all right, you believe that's good. Now, now we're going to take this into your account. And we're going to call that righteousness just because you believe not because you did anything spectacular per se. Um, now it, it is noteworthy that he got up and left his father's house. Right. Mm hmm. Um, but how noteworthy is it that he questioned God? Some time had gone by. Right. And he questioned God. Mm-hmm. I think that speaks to your, you know, human condition. There's a scripture that says, I believe, Lord, help my unbelief. There it is. <laughs> so that's what it sounded like to me. He's like, I don't see nothing. So let me just ask for a little bit of, you know, clarification. Yeah, so so what's happening? So Abram questioned the promise, and then God told Abram to sacrifice specific types, right? He said, well, how do I know that my, my ancestors are going to inherit this land, or my, my descendants, rather, are going to inherit this land? So God mm-hmm. told him to sacrifice some animals. Abram did it, and then this furnace appeared, and the furnace went through all the animals that were split in half. Now, that was a trip. Mm-hmm. Um. Definitely a trip. Now I got a little situation for you that happened in the 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 next chapter. This is this is where the gossip gets good. <laughs> um. So we all sit back and we Monday morning quarterback things that that other people did all the time. Mm-hmm. Like you know me quarterback and Abram marrying his sister, which I would say that I wouldn't do. But I wasn't a Chaldean in the land of Ur, you know, at the time that Abram was growing up. And I don't think that I'm going to turn 175 either. (laughs) So I'm not justifying that because I still think that's gross. But nonetheless, it was definitely a different context, different circumstance, Mm -hmm. different um, culture altogether. Um. It gets juicier though, right? This this sister wife of Abrams, um, she was like, "Yo, you believe God? God said that your baby's gonna come from your own body. Yeah. Why don't you go ahead and get with my homegirl here? Why don't you get with my servant Hagar? You probably think she's pretty anyway. Mm-hmm. I see how you be looking at her when she bend over to clean up." Mm. You were something else, Abraham. <laughs> and so she authorized the transaction. She was like, yeah, go ahead. She could be the second wife. And the son that she raises can be raised under me. Like, this will be my kid. And so Abram had a baby with the side chick <laughs> at the age of 86. He shouldn't touch that woman. He had a baby. <laughs> With his side chick at the age of 86. And Abram. Here we go. Check this out. 
Tell me what you think about this. Okay. Abram Mm -hmm. started to fulfill God's promise to him. On his own. (laughs) He just tried to do it his own way. Based on a recommendation of his sister wife. So, but. No. The answer (laughs) is no. Abram fulfilled God's promise to him. Or at least he tried to, right? Uh, The question is, did God see this as the fulfillment? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. You don't think he did? No. Why not? Because that was not his sister wife. Do you think that it was strategic, <laughs> though? It was. Do you think it was strategic the way that God told Abram? Like, he laid this thing out little mm-hmm. by little. First, he said, I will make you a great nation. Uh-huh. Then he said, one from your body. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes. And then as we read in chapter 17, he reaffirms the promise again. Uh, 17 uh, verses 1 through 10. For those of you who are readers of the word and who love the word, much like myself, I love it. I read it. Me too. Um, in the interest of time. Yeah, she's been reading that word. She, <laughs> this is all fresh on her mind right now because she's been reading it. And she didn't even know we was going to talk about this. And another thing. No, you're sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and another thing. You ain't getting another wife. Like, dang. Okay. All right. Well, that's what it is. No, nah, I'm just playing. Um, What is it? Yeah, I, I got enough. I got a, I got enough with the woman that I have right here. Okay. What you trying to say? What? <laughs> enough. You know what? Back to the scripture. You are the woman I need, baby. Okay. Yeah. All right now. Yeah. Genesis chapter 17, mm-hmm. verses 1 through 10. God renames Abram to Abraham and Sarai to Sarah. God said to him again, you will be a father of many nations. Mm-hmm. And God also told him, you will inherit Canaan. Mm-hmm. Right. So more revelation. Right. A little a little deeper here. A little bit of a change for Abram to Abraham, Sarai to Sarah. God is really, really um, um, reaffirming and also opening up. He's revealing more of this promise to Abraham. Mm -hmm. Right? He said that he will absolutely inherit Canaan. This sounds redundant, but now um, a new requirement. Is given to Abram mm-hmm. or Abraham. Mm-hmm. And that's the requirement of circumcision. The word circum means around or circle. Okay. Right? Scission is to slice like scissors. Slice around. Slice around what, y'all? Slice around what? Mm-hmm. What exactly are they slicing around with circumcision? Y'all know what it is. This is things your pastor won't tell you, so we're going to say it. A penis, okay? A penis. Be very careful. They're going to cut around the penis. They're going to cut the foreskin off that thing. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't just Abram, right, who um, had this thing happen to him. It was also all his servants. Also, that baby that he had with the side chick, he's 13 now. He's got to undergo this thing. Mm-hmm. Abram was 99 years old. Yep. He was 99 years old here in chapter 17. Yep. 
when he had to circumcise himself. Now, he didn't question this. He did it. He jumps out there with obedience. But then he says to God, oh, well, just let Ishmael, you know what I mean, be the fulfillment. And God's like, well, Sarah's going to have a baby. Mm -hmm. And he's like, no, Ishmael is good. He's trying to negotiate with God. He negotiated with God in, in, in the next chapter, for sure. And it was a successful negotiation, right? And he didn't have no skin in the game. And even though he won the negotiation, I mean, like, it still didn't really come through when he was like, yeah, um, with Sodom and Gomorrah, if we discover, you know, 15 righteous people, he started with 50. All the way down. (laughs) And he haggled with God, like, all the way down to 15. And they couldn't find 15 righteous men in the land of Sodom and Gomorrah. But he got his nephew Lot out of that place. Now, he's trying to negotiate with God just a few minutes before he got to that other negotiation about his son Ishmael. Like, yo, let my 13-year-old kid right here. Because, I mean, we've been waiting. It's been 24 years. Mm -hmm. I was 75 when you first promised this thing to me. Mm -hmm. Right? And I've been obedient to you every time you told me to do something. First, you told me to get up and leave my family. Then you told me to do this sacrifice. And now you told me to do the circumcision. I've been obedient for 24 years. I've been waiting for this very same promise for 24 years. Um, Let's just say that you did it. Ishmael, Ishmael, God, Ishmael, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you fulfilled it. It's somebody came from my body and it's Ishmael. We're good. God said, no, it's Sarah. Your wife, he said. Yeah. His his wife, not he God didn't say your sister. He said your wife. <laughs> <laughs> um, Abram laughed. Abram laughed. We know that Sarah laughed in chapter eighteen, but in chapter seventeen, Abram Abraham laughed rather, right? And so, um, there there's this pattern. God gives a promise. Abram responds. Some time goes by and he starts to doubt and to question. But he does something very spectacular that not very many people do. Like some people might even tell you to not do this. He revealed the fact that he had doubts. Mm-hmm. Oh, don't question God. Oh, don't doubt God. All the while, you got all these questions and doubts on the inside anyway. Mm-hmm. Well, you already know. God knows that you have these things and and these might be things that can become resentment or a reason for you not to seek God within your own heart. But Abram, he took it to God. To the source. And he went forth and he obeyed anyway, even with the doubts that he had. Right? Mm-hmm. This, this is some spectacular faith. This is some pretty strong faith, if you ask me. But, It didn't stop there. (laughs) In chapter 18, God told Abram a year from that time, right? When he's 100 years old, he'll have a son. A son through his wife, Sarah. So when he was 100, he had this son. In Genesis chapter uh, 22, right? Um, Something else happened. What was it? 
<laughs> Genesis chapter 22. God came to Abraham and told him, uh, this son of yours, you're going to have to sacrifice him. This Isaac, this, this promised one, promised child that you waited 25 years for. And now you finally have him. Um, I don't know how old he was at this point in time, but he was talking and he was able to carry the wood. Mm-hmm. Um, and he carried it up the mountain and Abram, Abraham and his son, Isaac, they went up on the mountain. Um, Ishmael, she, he was gone because, uh, this is the reason why two wives is not a thing. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us, please, enlighten us. <laughs> because, you know, it's always going to be some kind of quarreling. There's always going to be some kind of jealousy. And, you know, um, you know, you can only handle so much, brother. You can only <laughs> handle so much, right? You can only give your attention to one woman faithfully. And even then, you might not do that well. What? Got things to work on. <laughs> I might not be able to give all my attention to Mrs. Benjamin. A little better the way that I need to, and so me having a second wife, maybe that second one could give now just you know what <laughs> you go ahead and try it <laughs> you're gonna be sacrificing uh, to the Lord and praying yourself, shoot, she's gonna try and circumcise me if I do that, <laughs> I know that shoot, I'll be in trouble mm-hmm. now, um seriously though, um. You, you probably won't even be able to give, you know, one wife all the attention and the love that she requires. So, you know, there's no need for for, for anything crazy like that in all seriousness. You know, you're going to raise a family with your wife. You know, God created Adam and Eve, not Adam and Eve's. Or, <laughs> you know, um, and that's just on a serious note, because I've been joking around with that, you know, multiple wife thing a lot. But no, seriously. Um, it was one man and one woman. That's what God created. Sure did. So in Genesis chapter 22, right? Um, Hagar, she's gone because there was quarreling amongst the, the female folk. And Ishmael was even tripping and messing around with Isaac, trying to make fun of him. And like, oh, yeah, you little goofy kid, blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. And Sarah had an issue with that. And so, you know, there, there was some some issues there. And Hagar and Ishmael were sent away. And so, um, here in chapter 22, God appeared to Abraham and told Abraham to sacrifice his only son, Isaac. Mm -hmm. Ishmael was gone. Not that Ishmael wasn't his son anymore, but this was the the, the promised son. son. The son that he was supposed to have through his wife. Mm Mm-hmm. This was the final revelation of that initial promise um, that came forth when he was 75 years old. Right. But now God's telling him to put it to death. Put this son to death. That's crazy. And what's even more crazy than that is Abraham, he was ready to do it. He was going to do it. (laughs) He took his son up there. He was going to burn him. He was going to put a knife through his son and then burn him. Because he was supposed to give a burnt sacrifice to God. Right. Now, had that been me, 
I, I don't think I heard you correctly. <laughs> I, I don't I don't know. Like this doesn't make sense. It's been 25 years. All those other times that God um told Abraham the pro- this very same promise. Mm-hmm. Abraham had questions. Here, it it doesn't show that he had questions. It shows that he's going to go sacrifice. Because every time Abraham was required to do an action, he went and did that action. It had to be Abraham. Why? Why why did it have to be this dude who married his sister? Because he had the faith to do it. He believed in God. He trusted God. He waited 25 years. Yes, he questioned along the way. But nonetheless, every time God told him to do something, he got up and did it. Yeah. He was ready to kill his son. But then the angel, the angel of God, the angel of the Lord came and told him not to kill Isaac. And there was a ram caught by its horns in the thicket of grass. And yeah, Abraham said, look, the Lord provided. He provided a sacrifice. So technically, he didn't even lie to his son. He told him the Lord will provide a sacrifice. Yeah, but before... (laughs) um, before any of this, right? Uh, before they got up to the top of the mountain, Isaac said to Abraham, his dad, Dad, I see the wood. <laughs> I see the knife. But where is the sacrifice? Where where's the where's the lamb? Where's the ram? What are we what are we cutting up? What are we burning? Mm-hmm. And Abraham said to his son, God will provide for himself. A, a lamb right and god will provide for himself a sacrifice now abraham i believe that he in full consciousness and and, and you know all his mind in his entire capacity was fully under the impression that he was going to sacrifice his son that day yep um there's a passage that says that he believed that God would have brought his son back from the dead. Mm-hmm. Now, he said to his servants, me and the lad will come back, right? That's some incredible faith, yeah. especially not knowing or hearing of anybody else ever resurrecting before. Mm-hmm. Now, what's more incredible about this thing is that he prophesied. What did Abraham prophesy? He prophesied about the Messiah. Yeshua going to death on the cross for the sins of all those who will receive him. For all who will receive him. This Jesus, the God man who came in the flesh, the son of God. Mm-hmm. Abraham was a demonstrative prophet in this very same sense. In the very same sense that Ezekiel was a demonstrative prophet. And Hosea and Isaiah, all three of these brothers, plus Abraham, they were they all shared a very similar role. They did something, and the thing that they did was to demonstrate a truth of God. Ezekiel, he had to eat food cooked on crap because mm-hmm. the children of Israel kept offering God crap. But even him. Hosea had to marry a hoe, a harlot, a woman of the night. 
Mm. Not just a promiscuous chick, but a chick that sold her body for money. On the show. Out there in the streets. Mm. He had to marry her because God said, y'all acting like a hoe. <sighs> Talking to his people, Israel. Mm-hmm. God did that. Like, he told this man to do it, and he did it. Like, <laughs> that's crazy. Um, and then we have Isaiah, who went down to Africa, Ethiopia, and Egypt, you know, walking away with his buttocks exposed to show that they would be carried away into slavery with their buttocks exposed. Wow. And so Abraham, he was willing to kill his only son that he had through his wife, Sarah, mm-hmm. so that God would be honored by it. Now, God sent Messiah to die for the sins of all those who will believe in him mm-hmm. so that God will be pleased by it. Yes. Abram, Abraham was a demonstrative prophet. Um, he did some very, very amazing things mm-hmm. in terms of faith. That's what makes him the father of faith is the fact that as soon as he got the word, he would get up and do the thing that he was supposed to do. And he kept it funky with God. He would tell God, yo, I, I don't know about that, though. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And and yeah, he didn't only <laughs> he didn't only lie about his wife once. He lied about her twice. What? Genesis 20, he did it again. There's this dude named Abimelech who wanted to be with Sarah. And and the same thing happened. I mean, he he ended up getting money. Same thing with the pimping. Blessing. Abraham wasn't all right. And you ain't all right. And I'm not all right. Right. And my wife ain't all right. We ain't ain't right. Mm -hmm. Ain't nobody in the church of the wild that's 100% right. We got issues. Y'all got issues. Mm Mm-hmm. What y'all want to do about that? The best thing to do is to present it to God. Like, yo, yeah. we got issues and we doubt you sometimes, but we know that you real and we want to rock with you. Yes. And if if we doing these things, then it appears to me, at least, that, you know, we're children of Abraham. All right. What do you think about that? I believe it's absolutely true. We are. Children of Abraham, when you read in the word, it speaks to us, us as a people. My mind is made up about the matter until God says otherwise. Mm-hmm. This brief glimpse of scripture is not meant to make up your mind for you, but perhaps present to you things your pastor won't tell you. We doubted whether Abraham... <laughs> <laughs> should essentially be called the father of the faith. Uh-huh. But we search the scriptures mm-hmm. and we see what God has to say about the matter. We see what the scriptures have to say about it all. And that's the thing that we always go to, right. whether or not society or we ourselves are comfortable with the thing. Um, we we rather figure out what God has to say. That's right. This has been another episode of Things Your Pastor Won't Tell You with your brother Israel Benjamin and Mrs. Benjamin. Yes, that's right. God bless. We're out. Peace.